0: All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on, including iTunes. So leave a five-star review. You can say whatever you want to say. Just leave a five-star review on there. You can talk about how Steve is an idiot, and he doesn't know what he's talking to, but his guests are pretty cool. Um, anyway, speaking of one of those guests, Josh Helmer from Locked On Sooners is here on Twitter handle Josh on Ref. Is that ref or ref?
1: That's right, ref. K-R-E-F. Yeah. So... Okay. That's, that's okay. the radio side for me.
0: Okay, okay. So we got we're dealing with a radio Twitter account here and not just a locked on thing. So that's pretty cool. Josh, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. Um not a lot of um uh, is known about Oklahoma to Ole Miss fans, and I was hoping you could help rectify that. Tell me briefly an overview of this Oklahoma team.
1: Well, I think You know, for Oklahoma fans, this final couple of months of the season, Oklahoma's obviously played really, really good baseball, but kind of leading up to that, the conversations in Norman and on Oklahoma City radio was not about Oklahoma getting to Omaha, Nebraska in the College World Series. It wasn't about winning a national championship. It was two months ago. It was about, okay, what's it going to take for Oklahoma to get into this NCAA tournament? Obviously, OU won its final five regular season series. Then they proceeded to win the Big 12 tournament championship over Texas. And obviously, we know what's happened from there. They went to the Gainesville Regional, won that over Florida, uh, went on the road again, took the Blacksburg Super Regional, and, uh, of course, have been... Really, really good in Omaha, where they've been perfect so far.
0: Yeah, I, I caught a little bit of that Texas A&M series. Um, tell me a little bit about Oklahoma's pitching, what Ole Miss will actually see over these three games moving forward.
1: So Oklahoma, the way this thing has played out for them, has kind of been picture perfect in the sense that, obviously, you're 3-0 and in the College World Series, which – Means that Oklahoma heads into this championship final series with its number one, number two, and number three ready to roll. Uh, really, ABC one two three. So that looks like Jake Bennett. It looks like Cade Horton. And after what happened in that final game versus Texas A and M to advance to the championship series final, it's uh, David Sandlin. And the starting pitching for Oklahoma Stephen has been incredible throughout this postseason, throughout the the final couple of months of this season for OU, really in terms of relief arms that you would expect Oklahoma to use, because of how good the starting pitching has been in Omaha, that trio that we talked about in Jake Bennett, Cade Horton, and David Sandlin, all they've done is combined for 19 innings pitched, which means obviously these guys are – Six innings pitch, six innings pitch, and seven innings pitch. So they haven't really had to tax the bullpen, and they've combined for 26 strikeouts between the three of them. And, oh, by the way, the supposed ace of this staff only accounted for three of those strikeouts. So they've gotten career performances from both Kate Horton and David Sandlin to the tune of 11 and 12 strikeout performances back-to-back. So the starting pitching has really carried the day for Oklahoma getting to this point at least – in Omaha. Jared Godman would be uh, an important relief arm for Oklahoma. He's seen, I think, one inning of work so far in OU stay in Omaha, and then uh, obviously the other big relief arm that we have seen a decent amount of is Trevin Michael. So that's been the recipe for OU. Great starting pitching. The middle relief over the course of this season, if you start getting you know, outside of really Jared Godman and Trevin Michael it's been up and down for OU. So you start thinking about, from the Ole Miss perspective, what's the recipe to beating Oklahoma? Well, it's getting Jake Bennett and Cade Horton and David Sandlin off the mound quickly and getting Oklahoma in a situation to where it's not just Jared Godman or Trevin Michael. But so far, so good for OU. It's been that.
0: Okay, the starting pitching for Oklahoma, what type of pitches are we looking at from each guy? Is it hard fastball slider, um, stuff like that.
1: Jake Bennett, very much, you know, fastballs, kind of what you expect there. David Sandlin, who's the the number three pitcher, I'm jumping ahead here a little bit. His breaking ball is probably his best pitch that he has in his arsenal. And I'll be curious if we get to that point where basically you're game three of this championship series. And for Ole Miss, you're talking about getting back to the, the ace of their staff in that scenario and Sandlin, who's the number three for OU. Texas A&M, I thought, Stephen, kind of made a tactical mistake against Sandlin. He he came out fastball, 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 first pitch of at bats, and Texas A&M, the whole first time through the batting order, took that first pitch. They sat there, and every single person in their batting order watched it. That allowed Sandlin to get to that breaking ball stuff, I think, a little bit uh, – in more favorable counts so I think that's an interesting thing to watch with David Sandlin again if and when we get to that potential game three setup, Kate Horton he's uh he's got a, a great fastball it's why MLB draft scouts are starting to ooh and ah about what his potential looks like he'll top out 95 96 with regularity and the amazing thing about Kate Horton he's coming off a of Tommy John surgery so he, he's a redshirt freshman. He did not get to pitch or really play for Oklahoma last season in 2021. And the, the crazy thing about him, Stephen, is in the Big 12 tournament, he started really trying to work on his slider. He, he was taken aside by one of the other pitchers. Hadn't really thrown it a lot before, but it's been working for him now. And that was really his big strikeout pitch uh, the other day for Oklahoma against Notre Dame. So. You know, you think about both of these teams, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, and I'm sure you can speak to, you know, what has happened for Ole Miss to get to this point. Not that it's totally unexpected performances, but Oklahoma's kind of found some some stuff in places that maybe it didn't have early in the season throughout this championship run. And Kate Horton and the slider is a good example of that. That's not a pitch he was throwing early in the year. Now he is.
0: Yeah, the funny thing is when Ole Miss' season started, they were trying to find starting pitching. So the first five weeks of the conference slate, it was a completely different three than you see right now. Um, now you have Dylan DeLucia, who is potentially the best pitcher in college baseball at the moment. I think we all saw what he's done at the College World Series. Hunter Elliott is just a gutsy, true freshman. Um it's hard. You just don't square him up. I don't know what it is about him. It. It's like an 89 mile an hour fastball. It plays up, and teams just have trouble with swing and miss on it. It's the dangest thing. And then we got a good start out of John Gaddis. And now against Arkansas and their bats and everything, they were able to um, solidly connect on a couple of those. But I think he will be the game two starter. I think it's going to go Hunter Elliott. Um, John Gaddis and then Dylan Delucia. I think they're going to start Dylan Delucia. I don't expect him to go more than four or five innings, but I do expect them to um, start him. And none of those guys throw anything that's straight. If you, you you have a team that is full of straight ball hitters, these guys have balls that are dancing all over the place. There have been um, batters for Arkansas last night against Delucia, swinging at balls they thought were going to be on the outside of the plate, almost hit them you know, whenever they swung through. So I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this pitching matchup between these two teams. Um, and I think Oklahoma is going to ro- remind a lot of people of a typical Vanderbilt staff. They throw hard, they hit the sliders. I think that's what it looks like going forward.
1: Yeah, that's, that's probably an apropos comparison, certainly for Bennett and for Cade Horton. And then you think about, you know, like a relief arm like Trevin Michael. I mean, obviously, it's typical of relief guys that they're going to be fastball heavy. Um, that, that's typically the out pitches you see for relief guys. So, yeah, Oklahoma, they, they've got that. They feel like they've got some pretty good arms coming into this thing. I think for me, if you were to ask me what's the biggest key in this series, Oklahoma has been – they've been a team that likes to get out and run, Stephen. They have swiped 100-plus more bags than they did a year ago. They're toward the tops of uh, the country nationally in stolen bases. They're also really good at working counts, and that's one of the things that has really stood out throughout this postseason run is they've they've been able to manufacture counts and be patient at the plate and draw walks and free passes. I think Oklahoma – the last count, they were fourth nationally, and they might have moved into third nationally in the time since I've looked at this statistic in terms of free passes on the season. So, with how great Old Miss's pitching has been, really from the super regional on, uh, you know, I, I think what three runs is the most that the collective staff has given up in that time that, frame. That's
0: yeah, they gave up five the first time they played Arkansas, but they scored thirteen. There was a late two-run home run that kind of put that up.
1: So the, the pitching's been great mm-hmm. for Ole Miss, and I think one of the big keys you look at, if Oklahoma's going to be successful in any sort of a dent into what has been great on the mound for Ole Miss, I think you, you do start getting into the different ways that Oklahoma can apply pressure to uh, opposing pitching staffs, to defenses, just by, again, drawing walks, getting onto the base paths, and, and then trying to swipe bags. That, to me, is one of the games within the game of this national championship series is how effective, how patient can Oklahoma be? Are they going to be that team that we've seen so far that, again, has drawn a ton of walks and has swiped a bunch of bags? Or is Ole Miss going to be able to limit that? Is Oklahoma going to be impatient and all of a sudden Ole Miss is getting those swings and misses that you talked about? and And then, again, the run game swiping bags is Oklahoma going to take some gambles that they regret in this national championship series I think like if we get away from just the stars of each respective team being stars which anytime you're in this type of setting it's going to play a large factor if you're looking for you know pinpointing what's something to watch I think it's how successful Oklahoma is at stealing bags and getting free passes
0: yeah I would agree with that totally Hayden Dunhurst when he is on is an elite catcher at throwing out runners when he is off he's just okay which Hayden Dunhurst are we going to get because Oklahoma is they're basically as a ball team they're their head coach is a disciple of Augie Garrido it's small ball it's Cal State Fullerton from 1995 it, that that's what it is and I, I actually really love watching that style of baseball so it should be a lot of fun like Mike Bianco came from the gorilla Ball era with Skip Bertman, so it's all about the three-run homer. It's going to be really interesting, um, but that time of day. This is one thing that um, I don't know about uh, how you how you feel about that. But the first pitch of this game will be at a time when the left fielder just absolutely is being lit up in this tournament. So. Ole Miss having a bunch of left-handers, that's probably benefits um, OU, honestly, if we're going to be honest about it. But fly balls out to left field is going to be an adventure.
1: Yeah, and, and you get into, obviously, the, you know, the sun setting there and the problems that it's created out in left field. I, I don't love that about this ballpark in general. It makes for maybe some drama, right? It makes for some interesting moments out there. That sort of sort of spirals into its own conversation that we can talk about with both of these teams. I want to say Old Miss is in the neighborhood of maybe like 60-some-odd errors on the season, and Oklahoma's actually a little bit north of that with uh, in the neighborhood of 70. Anytime, again, you get to this stage, too, and I get it, it's cliche, whatever, which team's not going to get phased by that moment, right? Which mm-hmm. team is going to play clean defensively? Yeah, we can talk about the sideline and the problems, in left field but what about you know the hard hit ball over to the heart over to the hot corner are are the two respective shortstops are are they going to air mail one throwing over to first base we haven't seen a lot of that right from old miss or oklahoma we've seen good defense we've seen clean defense we haven't seen those errors and we've seen some other teams make those types of mistakes against both of them and both uh old miss and oklahoma capitalize on it so man i mean anytime you're talking about this setting that what, what does that look like? Or are we just going to see clean baseball all the way around, which, hey, I'm here for that too.
0: Yeah, Jacob Gonzalez actually has five errors in the College World Series, the Ole Miss shortstop, the top prospect in the 2023 class. So that's very out of character. Um, he's kind of been slumping. Actually, Tim Elko has been slumping a little bit too, even though Ole Miss is playing pretty well. If those guys are on against OU, um, OU has a problem. Um, if it's kind of where it is right now, Ole Miss might have a problem. Before I get you out of here, um, run through the batting lineup. Who are some guys that we need to um, watch for in the batting order for Oklahoma, somebody to pay attention to?
1: Well, Peyton Graham is the star of this Oklahoma team. If you're looking at somebody in the, the batting lineup that has a chance to be drafted Really highly and be drafted really highly very quickly, right? When this MLB draft sneaks up on us, that's Peyton Graham, and that would be Oklahoma's shortstop. So he has been able to hit for power for OU. He's got 20 home runs on the season. He's uh, he's got a bunch of stolen bases as well. So he kind of fits that mold of does a little bit of everything for Oklahoma. Tanner Treadway, that that would be the other big name I think to keep an eye on in this lineup. But as would typify both, contributions one through nine. Oh, just to sort of give you a little perspective on this, Kendall Pettis, and he's 0 for now in the College World Series, so take this with a grain of salt here. But Kendall Pettis had two home runs all season for OU and had three in the buildup to this College World Series. So, I mean, there's been some unlikely contributions from Oklahoma. Does that continue? That's a big key for OU, but if you're asking – Two main guys that Ole Miss, if they can shut them down, it bodes well for Ole Miss's success. Well, those two names are Payne Graham and Tanner Treadaway.
0: Yeah, for Oklahoma fans that might be watching this and wondering who you need to shut down, and common sense would tell you Tim Elko and Jacob Gonzalez, the person that Oklahoma really needs to be focused on shutting down is Kevin Graham. He's the best hitter in this lineup and gets no. No talk um, going on. Everybody talks about Tim Elko, and Jacob, Jake Gonzalez, and Kemp Alderman. But Kevin Graham is the best hitter. And those two getting on in front of him, he finds a way to get them home. That's how they beat Arkansas the other day. So that'll be interesting to see. Josh, thank you very much for coming on the show today. And um, it should be a lot of fun. Everybody else, get more of the SEC by making Locked On SEC your second listen every day. Host Chris Gordy and his local experts on Locked on SEC take you across the SEC in 30 minutes. Make Locked on SEC your second listen. Locked on SEC. Josh, congratulations. If you need anything from me, just let me know. I'll try to do whatever I can do. Um, Tomorrow, I will be at SeaWorld all day, but anytime after that, I'll be willing to help you out.
1: That'll work, man. Hey, thanks uh, for having me. Enjoyed it. Best of luck, obviously. I know that the best-of-luck card, right, before a national championship series. Yeah. It's like, ah, do you really mean it? But yeah, hey, not congratulations too much. to you guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Congratulations to you guys and Ole Miss fans, man. It's going to be, I think, I think it sets up to be a great national championship series. So should be fun.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot, bud. See you later.